Good afternoon. It is Thursday, September 3rd, 2020. And uh, this is Intrinsic Value Wealth Report Radio. So what a day in the market. Um, the Dow was down a little over 800 points and the S&P was down 125, almost 126 points. Um, the Dow was down 2.78% and the S&P was down 3.51%. Um, so not not huge declines, um, but uh, and who knows whether this is the uh, the start of a correction. Um, but let me uh, let me start with the lead article uh, for this week because uh, uh, we certainly will address um, that point uh, in today's uh, podcast. Um, and and actually this follows from last week as well uh, with the, uh, the lead article we had. Um, is there a perfect storm brewing? And as I pointed out in that uh, podcast. Um, uh, you know, the market is very, very overvalued, has been very, very overvalued, even with the day's uh, slight drop, um, still very, very overvalued. Um, and that's all we can really say. We can't, we can't say with any great degree of certainty, uh, you know, when the market will correct, um, only that it will. Um, Jesse Livermore, who was a, uh, is actually credited as being the first uh, day trader, uh, um, and he was operating, he was born in the late 1800s and was operating in the early 1900s on Wall Street. Uh, very, very successful. Uh, he had a saying that uh, the market um, always does what it should do, just not when. That's a little paraphrase, but that's in essence what he said. So, um, you know, we can say that the market is overvalued. We just can't tell you when, uh, when it will correct, uh, but it, it will. Um, uh, one of two things has to happen, either the market will correct back down to, uh, to reflect the, um, uh, the future uh, uh, you know, prospects of the economy and companies, or, or the economy will actually start getting better and companies will start um, improving in their performance. So um, uh, when those two things has to happen, and if the economy is, continues on the same path that, that you know, we expect it to for the foreseeable future, um, and where companies won't be, uh, you know, will be struggling for some time, then the market's going to have to come back down. But again, we can't really say when that's going to happen. But markets can stay overvalued for long periods of time. But anyway, let's having said that, let's look at um, let's look at the the headline article for uh, this week's um, commentary. So in this article, I talk about the Buffett indicator, which I actually addressed a little bit last week um, in discussing the. Uh, the formation perhaps of a perfect storm, um, but what we talked about the market overvaluation. One of the indicators we talked about was the Buffett indicator. I've become quite intrigued with this. Um, uh, I decided to write a uh, headline article um, this week on that Buffett indicator. Um, and I think I want to start by saying that the way to think about the uh, Buffett indicator is to think about it being like a price to sales ratio. For those of you who are familiar with, uh, with valuation ratios that we use in the stock market, we have price to earnings ratios, we have price to sales ratios, we have price to book ratios. And so the Buffett indicator um, is, is kind of like, not exactly, but kind of like a, uh, a price to sales ratio. Because what it does is it looks at the uh, market capitalization of all the companies um, in the market. And they use different um, in, uh, in indices to, uh, to reflect the market capitalization. Um, uh, 
So the, the, the you know one of the uh, one of the indicators they use is actually measured. It comes from the Federal Reserve, um, but then as a proxy, oftentimes they'll use the um, uh, the Wilshire uh, uh, index uh, to measure that. Um, and so that that's the price part, you know. So we're instead of looking at the price to sales um, for an individual company, now we're looking at in essence the price to sales for the entire economy. So when we when we do that, we look at the market capitalization of all the companies um, in the economy, and that's where we're going to use something like the Wilshire uh, index, uh, something that represents uh, a very very broad, um, you know, uh, re reflection of of all the companies in the economy. So that's the, that's the price part, uh, is market capitalization. The sales part um, is the proxy used for that is gross domestic product. Again, we're looking at an economy-wide um, uh, you know, indicator for, um, uh, you know, for how the economy is performing and translate that into how the, uh, the, the market should be valued. And so uh, for that, we're gonna use gross domestic product uh, because that's gross domestic product is basically the sales uh, you know the output for the economy. Well, uh, the the actual formal name for this is the um, market capitalization to GDP ratio, um, but it was popularized uh, back in a 2001 article by Warren Buffett. So it's become known as the, the Buffett um, indicator. Although he didn't invent it, he just he learned about it and he said this was probably the best uh, single indicator um, that that we have for assessing the market. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that here in a moment. Um, give you a couple of quotes from his uh, uh, 2001 article in Fortune magazine. Um, but in terms of looking at what the uh, what that Buffett indicator, what that ratio is showing right now, um, the market capitalization of all public companies is um, around 35.7 trillion dollars. 35.7 trillion. GDP is at 19.4 trillion. And so you divide the GDP of 19.4 trillion into that, um, uh, uh, into the numerator, which is the um, market cap of public companies, you get a ratio that is um, currently 1.84. Um, that's the one of the highest, if not the highest, that ratio has ever been. Uh, when Warren Buffett first identified this um, as a good indicator, you know, and, and theoretically speaking, um, people would say, well, it should be about a you know, one to one ratio. In other words, uh, the market cap should be roughly equal to the, uh, to the GDP. If it's less than that, you've got a good bargain. If it's more than that, you want to kind of be a little careful because uh, again, you're getting into um, what's believed to be an overvalued situation. So uh, we looked at research from a number of different firms to track this indicator um, and they all computed in slightly different ways. Some look at his on a historical basis uh, for this uh, ratio, um, uh, going back as far as the earlier part early part of the last century. Uh, some firms have performed various sorts of statistical analyses uh, using this ratio. Things like exponential smoothing, trend analysis. Um, one firm even took and created standard deviation bands to see how the this indicator is fluctuated, fluctuated within those bands. Um, but now, no matter how they've done it, pretty much all firms that are doing research using this indicator agree that the market is, uh, is very overvalued at this point in time. Um, and in fact, some firms have contended, uh, as I mentioned earlier, that this is the most overvalued this uh, indicator's uh, ever been. 
And by the way, some, a couple of firms have even shown that the buff indicator when used on a global basis are showing that other markets currently are overvalued. Um, and again, like I pointed out in last week's um, commentary and podcast, you know, the, um, it's one thing for the market to be, uh, for this indicator to be, you know, high, um, but in an environment where the economy has, has really taken such a hit and where the outlook for the economy is so mixed, um, and there's a great deal of uncertainty, and a lot of people believing that the economy, it may take a, a long time for the economy to fully recover. Um, to have the, the indicator performing like it is um, in an environment uh, where the economy has been so badly hit. And on top of that, we still have a coronavirus, we still have high unemployment um, and so forth. So um, to have, you know, th there's a very obvious disconnect uh, that many, many people have observed. Um, well, let me give you that that quote that uh, Warren Buffett said back in his 2001 article, you can refer to the commentary to find the exact source of this. It was Fortune Magazine, uh, December 10th. Um, it was actually Warren Buffett and Carol Loomis who had written this article for, uh, for, uh, sorry, for Fortune Magazine uh, back in, in December 2001. And Warren Buffett kind of said this, um, uh, just accept ex uh, a little excerpt from the article. So the tour, this is Warren Buffett speaking, the tour we have taken through the last century proves that market irrationality of an extreme kind periodically erupts. Um, and of course we see that on a regular basis. And compellingly suggests that investors wanting to do well had better learn how to deal with the next outbreak. Um, what, what's needed is an antidote. And in my opinion, that's quantification. If you quantify you won't necessarily rise to brilliance, but neither will you sink into craziness. Warren Buffett goes on to say, on a macro basis, quanti quantifications, quantification doesn't have to be complicated at all. And he refers to a chart in this article, uh, starting almost 80 years ago and um, really quite fundamental on what it says. The chart shows the market value of all publicly traded securities as a percentage of the country's business. Uh, that is as a percentage of GNP. Um, the ratio has certain limitations in telling you what you need to know. Still, it is probably the best single measure of where valuations stand in any given moment. As you can see, as again, referring to the chart, nearly two years ago, the ratio rose to an unprecedented level. That should have been a very strong warning signal. Um, and so he goes on to say, if the percentage relationship falls to 70, to the 70 or 80% areas. In other words, that ratio is down less than one. Buying stocks is likely to work very well for you. If the ratio approaches 200%, as it did in 1999 and a part of 2000, you are playing with fire. As you can see, he says, the ratio was recently 133%. So compare that 133% where he was saying back in 2001 that the market's very overvalued, with now we have actually a ratio that's 184% today. Okay, we're approaching that 200% uh, uh, level that Buffett says is, uh, is really uh, a danger area. So uh, as I said earlier, um, uh, you know, we, we have a, uh, a market or a, uh, an economy in a market environment where things are very, very uncertain. The economy is still, um, still struggling, struggling to recover. Coronavirus is still very much with us. Although it does look like that will probably be uh, in, in what I read and what I understand, it uh, looks like that'll be over by the end of the year. I'm hoping first quarter of next year. Um, 
but once that happens, then the economy really has to continue on a, uh, a recovery, and that um, uh, that that looks like it could be quite problematic. So, um, as I wrap up in this in my commentary, so does that mean that the market? So, given this very very high level of 184 percent, does the mar does that mean that the market is poised for an imminent crash? While the high sky valuations tell us that the market could and probably should decline based on our expectations of, future, of the future economic climate, markets can and do stay overvalued for very long periods of time. And I reference uh, an earlier commentary and, and comments I made in other podcasts and so forth about the market behaving in a system one uh, fashion. So the system one and system two uh, thinking comes from Daniel Kahneman, um, Nobel Prize winning, um, uh, he's actually a psychologist, but he won the Nobel Prize in economics. Uh, that's a story for another day. Um, but he, he talks about um, how human beings have system one and system two thinking. The system one is the very, very quick reaction to events. Uh, it's not well thought out. It's, it's more reaction. Uh, the example I think that he gives um, is you're in the African tundra. And, um, you know, you're, you're, you live in Africa, so you know what to expect. And when the bushes start rustling, uh, you know that there's probably a lion there that's ready to come out and eat you. So you run about as quickly as you can. That's system one. We need the system one thinking um, in many cases to get us, keep us out of trouble. You know, if you're driving on the, the road, you need system one thinking to react to uh, conditions on the freeway and so forth. The system two is the more thought, thoughtful, deliberate, uh, slow thinking as uh, Daniel Kahneman talks about uh, approach to things. And like human beings, uh, the market has um, both system one and system two thinking components to it. Um, the the day-to-day -day fluctuations that we see um, that happen around the intrinsic value that we calculate, that, so the intrinsic value that we calculate, where we spend a good deal of time really thinking about the market, valuations and so forth, that's system two thinking, that's when we calculate the intrinsic value. The system one thinking that the market exhibits is the daily fluctuations around that intrinsic value that we can calculate. So the system one is the very short-term emotional standpoint. Um, the system two is the more rational, uh, really well thought out uh, approach to value in the market. And so the market um, is, you know, um, when it's fluctuates up and down like it did, drops 800 points today on the Dow, um, you know, that's system one thinking. It's reacting to very, very near-term events, whatever happened, whatever the news of the day is. Um, um, and again, the, 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 the long-term, the system two um, valuation using things like the Buffy indicator, using things like uh, price earnings ratios um, and other valuation metrics, that's the system two thinking. Um, so we can say, and we have been saying, that the market has been overvalued using our system two thinking, our, our valuation metrics. Um, the, uh, but we can't tell you when the market's gonna crash back down. I, I oftentimes compare the uh, system one thinking to uh, uh, teenagers being at a high school dance. Um, okay, so, uh, you know, where system one thinking is, is very prevalent. So we can't, I can't tell you what's gonna happen with the teenagers at the high school dance. Um, I can only tell you that something's going to happen and it's likely to be quite goofy, but exactly what that is, we don't know. We just know that, that you know, there's a more rational way of looking at things. Um, and, uh, and that's what we try to focus on um, when, we're, when we're valuing the market. 
So that's the article, uh, the, uh, the Buffy indicator. Um, and, and by the way, as I was really kind of thinking about these various indicators, um, uh, it occurred to me that the, the Buffett indicator is, is like, as I mentioned earlier, it's like a price to sales ratio. Uh, as you know, in the commentary, we, we published the, the price to earnings ratios. We've been doing that for uh, quite some time. So we have a, a very nice track record of, of where the PE ratios have been. And on a PE ratio basis, by the way, um, the um, uh, two weeks ago, we were at a, a PD ratio of 29. I think we popped into a 30 range um, just uh, this last Friday. So very, very overvalued market in the 29 and 30 range on a PD ratio basis. Um, <clears throat> and then there's another uh, popular valuation metric, which I will probably write about here in the next two to three weeks in the commentary and also in this podcast. And that's uh, the Tobin Q ratio um, named after James Tobin. Uh, uh, an economist, I believe he was with Princeton, uh, won uh, the Nobel Prize, um, uh, and I believe it was based on his work with the, uh, um, with the Tobin ratio. Uh, that is something more like, um, like a price to book ratio. So, but these are all for the market uh, and for the economy as a whole. So Tobin is price to book, the Buffett indicator is price to sales, and then our regular price to earnings ratio that we follow on a regular basis. So. Keep system two thinking, uh, keep thinking in a system two fashion, keep valuing the market, keep a realistic perspective, keep your head on, um, and don't get uh, you know, pushed around and buffeted by the, uh, the very short-term system one emotional thinking that's going on in the market. Um, and uh, uh, as to when the market's gonna correct, I can't tell you, maybe it started uh, today, uh, maybe not. Uh, but again, just keep perspective on where, where the market is today and uh, when you're making your investment plans. So uh, to that point, um, you know, I, I just reiterate what I've been saying now for quite some time. If you have an investment plan, uh, just keep up with it. You should be putting a little bit of money in uh, on a periodic basis. Uh, this is a very overvalued market, so don't jump in in a big way. If the market cracks back down, we'll, <clears throat> we'll uh, Try and give you some heads up on that in a future podcast, and you can maybe commit a little bit more. But um, but right now the market is, is still very overvalued. Uh, if you don't have an investment plan, start one. Uh, especially younger people, uh, the best the, the best thing you can do as a young person is to start start investing and just keep that up for um, you know for you know many 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 years um, into your retirement years. And uh, if you keep keep that discipline of starting an investment program and investing regularly, um, you'll have a very, very nice uh, state um, when, you, when you get to that, uh, that point in your life. Um, so let's see, I think that was, uh, look at my notes here. Um, yeah, that's gonna wrap it up for today. Uh, Thursday, September 3rd, we will uh, pick back up next week. We will see you then. Have a good and safe uh, Labor Day weekend. Goodbye now.